Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. This is the second devotion in our series, Sacred Conversations. I want to go to the basics with you and your heart to get your heart ready to fulfill the Great Commission, to have the sacred conversation, leading your life in such a way that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, doing what it is that you do vocationally, living where you live socially, familiarly, and then prompted by the Holy Spirit, bringing up the gospel, giving people the opportunity to respond to Christ, inviting them to come and see, bringing them with you to the Redemption Church. And it begins in your heart. It begins right here in your soul. Romans 10, 9, don't tune me out. All right, I know that I... I've, I've uh, shared this verse literally hundreds of times in my sermons. There's something critical. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Like we'll see in our third sermon in this series, this sacred conversation begins with you in your heart. Let's have the sacred conversation right now. In yesterday's devotion, we drew that clear line between the final words of the Great Commission and the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit living within you is elemental. It is vital to evangelistic fruit. If you're not saved, you're not likely to see other people saved. All right, Romans 10:9 is critical. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, those three words, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, aside from the obvious, the reason that I emphasize those three words, Jesus is Lord, is that they also appear in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you weren't with us for our series, Into the Fray, here they are in Romans chapter, or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. In this context, Paul is giving the most elaborate and authoritative teaching on the nature of the spiritual gifts, where everybody has different spiritual gifts and they all click together like Voltron to form the church. So we all have diverse gifts, we all have different abilities, and those abilities are used by the Holy Spirit, given to us in fact, from God, so that we would use them in the context of the church. And we become then more than the sum of our parts. Now in illustrating this point, Paul talks to these Corinthians who were formerly pagan believers and are now filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, see, they used to worship other gods. You used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. He throws in the word mute as a jab, and rightfully so. That's also just a statement of fact. Okay, little statues don't talk. And these people were led astray by them. All right, you used to be led astray by mute idols. By the way, did you know that like uh, this ascribing divine power to crystals is still a thing today, especially in California for some reason. People genuinely believe that like, these crystals hold power. There's nothing new under the sun. People are led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. 
If you have rightly and truly and authentically proclaimed that Jesus is Lord, that moment is a miracle of the Holy Spirit of God. All right? Now, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get all spooky on you and say that it's physically impossible for somebody to say Jesus is Lord because you're able to form those words. But if you do it, you don't believe it. It's not by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you're like those who we'll see in the book of Isaiah who honor God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. Or like in Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. So to proclaim the truth that Jesus is Lord, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 3, is only possible by the Holy Spirit. Do not dismiss the role of the Holy Spirit. This is where, um, this is this is where in uh, evangelism soteriology comes into play, right? Not not all of you are are Calvinists. Some may come from an Arminian background, and uh, one of the downfalls of Arminianism, aside from the fact that it, in its true roots, doesn't believe that you keep your salvation forever, like you haven't been adopted. You've just been sort of told you are. <laughs> and if you're bad, you get sent back to the orphanage. Um, you haven't been sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not a down payment. There is no guarantee. Ephesians is just wrong. <laughs> right? That's kind of the idea of, this, of this, uh, this, this, this downfall of Arminianism. But the other, the other thing is that although Arminians do believe in the significance of the Holy Spirit and practicum, Arminians will put more weight on their shoulders when having the sacred conversation than is actually there, as if it's an argument that is won by the greater of two wits, rather than a miracle accomplished by the Holy Spirit. You yourself, check your own heart and ask the question, am I saved? Have I said the words, Jesus is Lord, along with the Redemption Church at the end of service? and? then never felt conviction for sin, never repented from any of my sin, never used my Holy Spirit given gift at all, don't know what my gift is, you know, never served in the church. I don't really love the church. I don't really love other people. I don't really love God. I just say the words that other people say. And so you're honoring God with your lips while your heart is far from him. You're one who says, Lord, Lord, but you won't enter the kingdom of heaven because you've never done the will of God. If you have faith, that's going to be accompanied by actions, by deeds. See James chapter 2. And if there's never been any fruit in your life, there's never been repentance, there's never been conviction, like we'll see in tomorrow's uh, devotion in, in 1 John 4, 13, you're not saved, friend. So right here now, let's get this straight. All right, pray with me right now if you're unsure of your salvation. You've maybe said the words, Jesus is Lord, but it wasn't by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is drawing on your heart right here and now. Pray with me. Let the evangelism training begin with something that is not a drill, but an actual conversion right here on a Tuesday. <laughs> God, I believe that these words are true. Drawn upon by your Holy Spirit, I confess Jesus is Lord. And just say it out loud right now. Jesus is Lord. Say it. Jesus is Lord. You're the boss. You're the king. You're the savior. That means that I'm not. I'm going to do your will instead of mine. I may have mouthed these words before. But for the first time in my life, I know that the Holy Spirit is convicting me for sin and drawing me to repentance. Jesus is Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, let us know. Let us know. You know, it may be that God calls upon your heart. If you, need, if you were baptized as a kid, but this is the day that you're actually saved, there's an option too. You can be baptized for real this time, right? You can be baptized uh, at the Redemption Church. Um, but the main thing, this text, is that you have, by the power of the Holy Spirit, confessed that Jesus is Lord. And if you know that you're saved, you know that you know that you know that you're saved, then consider this as well in evangelism training, that it's more than just getting someone to say words after you. You understand? It, it's, this is one of the downfalls of the sinner's prayer, right? Uh, beautiful as it is, you know, I, I grew up hearing it and there's truth in it for sure, but there's more to it than just getting somebody to recite something after you. It is a miracle of the Holy Spirit and absolutely nothing else will suffice.